Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Weekly Report. NATO's great new idea. Let's start a war with China. NATO's post-Cold War history is that of an organization far past its sell-by date. Desperate for a mission after the end of the Warsaw Pact, NATO in the late 1990s decided that it would become the muscle behind the militarization of human rights under the Clinton administration. Gone was the threat of global communism, which was used to justify NATO's 40-year run, so NATO reimagined itself as a band of armed Atlanticist superheroes. Wherever there was an injustice, as defined by Washington's neocons, NATO was ready with guns and bombs. The U.S. military-industrial complex could not have been happier. All the Beltway think tanks they lavishly fund finally hit on a sure winner to keep the money pipeline falling. It was always about money, not security. The test run for NATO as human rights superheroes was Yugoslavia in 1999. To everybody but NATO and its neocon handlers in D.C. and many European capitals, it was a horrific, unjustified disaster. 78 days of bombing a country that did not threaten NATO left many hundreds of civilians dead, the infrastructure destroyed, and a legacy of uranium-tipped ammunition to poison the landscape for generations to come. Just last week, tennis legend Novak Djokovic recalled what it felt like to flee his grandfather's home in the middle of the night as NATO bombs fell and destroyed it. What a horror. Then NATO got behind the overthrow of the Gaddafi government in Libya. The corporate press regurgitated the neocon lies that bombing the country killing its people and overthrowing its government would solve all of Libya's human rights problems. As could be predicted, NATO bombs did not solve Libya's problems but made everything worse. Chaos, civil war, terrorism, slave markets, crushing poverty. No wonder Hillary Clinton Obama and the neocons don't want to talk about Libya these days. After a series of failures longer than we have space for here, DC controlled NATO in 2014, decided to go all in and target Russia itself for regime change. First step was overthrowing the democratically elected Ukrainian government, which Victoria Nuland and the rest of the neocons took care of. Next was the eight years of massive NATO military assistance to Ukraine's coup government, with the intent of fighting Russia. Finally, it was the 2022 rejection of Russia's request to negotiate a European security agreement that would prevent NATO's armies circling its borders. Despite the mainstream media, and U.S. government propaganda, NATO has been about as successful in Ukraine as it was in Libya. Hundreds of billions of dollars have been flushed away, with massive corruption documented by journalists like Seymour Hersh and others. 
The only difference this time is that NATO's target, Russia, has nuclear weapons and views this proxy war as vital to its very existence. So now, despite its legacy of failure, NATO has decided to start a conflict with China, perhaps to take attention off its disaster in Ukraine. Last week, NATO announced that it will open its first ever Asia office in Japan. What next? NATO membership for Taiwan? Will Taiwan willingly serve as NATO's newest Ukraine, sacrificing itself to China in the name of blundering NATO's seemingly endless appetite for conflict? We can only hope that America will elect a president in 2024 who will finally end NATO's deadly world tour. Thanks for listening.